Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. Wide World on Money FM 89.3. Time now to go further afield in our world of travel. And Booking.com's latest travel predictions research uh, explores how travel players in APAC are, are being forced to navigate a volatile and unpredictable environment, uh, especially with Chinese tourists finally returning uh, to mass travel coupled with uncertainty around economic, geopolitical climate that we have. It, it is a indeed a very uh, interesting time for the travel industry. Joining us now is Laura Holdsworth, the managing director Asia Pacific for Booking.com, and Alex Holmes, a senior economist at Oxford Economics, having worked on this travel predictions survey. Laura, good morning to you and welcome. Hi, good morning, Glenn. And Alex, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, Laura, why don't we start with you? Give us a little bit of an overview, if you don't mind, on this travel prediction survey and and some of the the research uh, top lines that you got. Sure, absolutely. Well, thanks very much for having me back. I think the overall sentiment in travel is still very positive. I think each time we talk about it, while the the challenges still arise or are concerning the economics uh, across the world and certainly in the region, we're still seeing very strong growth in travel. Um, It's interesting as we look at the predictions, the number one prediction is that travelers will continue to save to splurge, if you like. So even Singapore travelers, over half have said that they're investing in a vaca- investing into a vacation is still a top priority for them. Um, although seven out of ten have said that they want bang for their buck, so there is uh, there's an economic perspective here too. It's mm. fascinating, Alex, just to bring you in because. You know, whenever I talk to Singaporeans, there's still that element of revenge travel. Yes, everybody wants to travel as soon as possible. But the same people are also talking about inflation, cost of living, the impossibility of a recession. How are you seeing that, Alex? How are you seeing it zooming out into Singapore and APAC looking a bit further ahead? Yeah, those factors are obviously very important. Um, And in the U.S., in Europe, the, the story is, is more that travel recoveries are entering a bit of more of a trying phase. But Asia Pacific and, and, and the region and Singapore is at a completely sort of different stage in the, in the cycle, having opened up much later. Tourism is still very much on, on the rebound. And in China's case, that is still in the early stages. So from a, a macro perspective, the return of travel is providing important kind of offset to some of the headwinds to GDP growth that we think, especially in pla- travel dependent places such as Thailand. Um, and there's another advantage of being at a different stage in the cycle for Asia, and then it can learn from the experiences of places that reopen first. So the first lesson is that you need to ramp up capacity again to meet the renewed demand. Um, anyone who braved some of the chaos in airports in Europe last summer will know that mm. demand bounced back much quicker than maybe the capacity service. Mm. And we've certainly seen a lot of interest from governments and industry in our global tourism forecasting service to help them make robust plans. Uh, the second lesson is that consumer tastes have changed. So people are looking uh, typically for more rural, quiet destinations, and there's also been increased importance on things like sanitation and cleanliness. And I'm sure Laura can expand on this, but that's where online travel agents like Booking.com can add value because they provide a lot more information to consumers to allow them to better match their preferences to the travel services providers out there. Thanks. We're talking with Alex Holmes, Senior Economist at Oxford Economics, and Laura Holdsworth, Managing Director, Asia Pacific for Booking.com. Laura, back to you. Uh, A couple of months ago, we had you on the show, and you were uh, mentioning that 
many people, because of some of the travel capacity issues at that time, were looking closer to home. We're looking at the Vietnams and the Japans and and other places relatively nearby. Uh, at Booking.com, are you still seeing that be the case, or is capacity coming back to the extent that people are more comfortable booking the longer uh, the longer distance trips? Yeah, we've seen a bit of both. There's certainly still that desire to travel quite close to home. Uh, we've seen it actually as we look at our search data for this summer, for example. Mm. The top 10 searches are all within the region. Uh, no, we've got two out of the top 10 that are not within the region. One is the UK and one is Morocco, interestingly enough. Hmm. But eight out of 10 remain within the region. So we're certainly still seeing a desire maybe to stay closer to home. Um, but we're also seeing that kind of booking window a bit further out. So we're seeing travellers having that confidence to book further than we did previously, where the lack of confidence of what could happen or could change. Um, so there is definitely some some changes, but some similarities still taking place. Do you see the capacity coming back in terms of airlines, and do you see any any indication that the pricing is coming down, or are we just in the summer rush and everything's going to be at a premium? Yeah, we're definitely seeing capacity coming back. We're seeing that across all of the region. China is still the one that has got to ramp up. I mean, as Alex was explaining, there's you know, across the region, we've learned a lot of lessons from the other regions, catching up slower. But for China, still about 66% down on flight capacity coming out, although domestic is 52% above their flight capacity within China, is 50% above 2019 levels. So their international capacity is still... Um, still yet to grow, and obviously we will see that throughout the end of the year, and then I think the rest of the region will continue to benefit from that. Yeah, Alex, let me follow up on Glenn's point with you. We know we're dealing with basic supply and demand at the moment as revenge travel really takes hold, ramping up those prices. Will we ever see a levelling off, or better yet, a drop in prices, or do we just expect the prices they are now now to maintain at that level or thereabouts? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a story of supply and demand, and um, it, it's whether supply can catch up with, with increasing demand. Demand is still, you know, below pre-pandemic levels. Mm. Um, I think our um, tourism forecasters expect global travel to be about 75% of um, its pre-pandemic level in, in 2023. But supply has got to, got to catch up with that. A lot of the airlines um, uh, laid off staff, hotels, let us staff or even close hotels and repurpose them. So it's about how quickly those can, can be ramped up to, to meet this new new, um, uh, new surge in demand. I mean, uh, this is one thing that Singapore has done quite well on. Um, you'll have seen in the news this week that SIA announced their results and they're the backup to 80% capacity. And in typical Singaporean fashion, this is a result of kind of forethought and proactivity um, on the part of the government and industry. Uh, yeah, thanks, Alex. Uh, Laura, back to you. As you as you're kind of looking, as I was looking at this travel uh, research that you guys did, it had uh, seven predictions for the reimagination of travel, as you guys put it in the in the headline. You're talking about the younger generation, right? You're talking about um, Gen Zs and uh, and and millennials. Talking about virtual voyagers, people taking more trips, if you will, um, virtually rather than getting out. Uh, with the metaverse offering those uh, types of things, people getting into a discomfort zone, uh, places going places maybe they haven't been before, uh, and in addition to some of the good old standard places people like to go uh, traditionally for for holidays. What has been surprising to you 
um, about this research that you did. Uh, you are, you know, you've been a global traveler for a long time in a number of different roles that you've had. And and what what is shocking or surprising to you about where we're at right now in this moment in travel? Yeah, the other thing that's been super interesting, this predictions this year are quite different to last year. Um, and maybe that's not too surprising coming out of the pandemic, but I think you just mentioned it, the virtual Voyager probably is one that still is a little surprising for everybody um, in that almost half of our travelers said that they would embark on a multi-day virtual reality tour. Hmm. And look, typically it's been, and I think even a number of the travelers still said that they would use virtual reality more for inspiration. Um, but if you take talking about multi-day, I mean, that's really immersing yourself into something without going, um, really going anywhere. But I think what we're seeing in this virtual reality is that people will get comfortable to go to places that they may not have otherwise had they not spent some time feeling like they've been there. Um, so I think that that was an interesting one. And then this concept of kind of delighting in the discomfort, almost 60% of travelers have said that they want a complete culture shock. So an immersion into a place that they have never been, never considered, a language they don't understand. Uh, so I think this was also pretty interesting. And I guess the last one that I, I find particularly interesting was the kind of the concept of moving away from um, kind of work from anywhere to going only for traveling for work for a company escape. So either people want to be traveling completely off work now or when they're going traveling with companies, they want to be going really for kind of fun and that connection time that they've not been getting um, when they've been working much more remotely. Mm, and we so, certainly see a lot more business travel happening and conferences overseas as well. To you, and I'm going to show my analog dinosaur tendencies, as I have a tendency to do when I talk to you, Laura, just for the benefit <laughs> of me and our listeners. Can you paint a bit of a picture of this, this virtual traveler, this VR? I'm fascinated by it, what it means, what it, look like, what it looks like. Yeah, sure. And it, you know, one of the things that travelers have said is that they really want to look for yeah, either the inspiration, and I mentioned but the interesting one was that people will adventure on a multi-day uh, experience, meaning that they will really kind of try before they buy. They're looking for kind of education, entertainment, inspiration, um, and really opening doors to maybe places that they would not have considered in the past, and that kind of reimagining of destinations. I think that it's going to be an interesting one. One example that someone gave me was, oh, you know, I would... I can't go to Mecca, but I could do that through a virtual reality, and I would love to be able to get an experience a place that I could never travel to. Because I think there are these types of maybe destinations that people are thinking about. Wow, that's fascinating to me. Absolutely fascinating. Wow, and final... Yeah, me too. Um, thank, thanks, Laura. Final word, uh, let's go to you, Alex. And uh, as you're looking forward now for the rest of this year, what what would you expect would be the next trend that might be coming up based on the research you've you've already seen so far? Uh, do you see any changes to the re- the current research and, and how that might look, let's say, if we're talking about this six months from now? Yeah, I think I think looking ahead, the, the, the biggest trend that dwarfs everything is, is China's reopening uh, and it's still really in the early stages um, what we get asked a lot about is, is, is everyone's obviously thinking about this but who's going to benefit which countries um, are going to see the return of Chinese travelers first it's really kind of following the pattern that we've seen elsewhere where by distance it's starting out domestic and then short haul medium and then finally long haul so you've seen places like Macau um, 80% of pre-pandemic visitors Hong Kong coming up to 50% but Thailand's kind of lagging behind a little bit. There's a second factor as well, uh, which is the type of travel. So, so business travel tends to lead leisure, and familiarity with destinations also tends to influence cross-country flows. So 
for instance, Singapore is actually um, doing doing better than elsewhere in Southeast Asia at attracting uh, Chinese visitors back. So really, China, given how huge it is, it, it, it's really the, 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 the main driver of, of the tourism recovery in, in APAC in, in the, over the next six months. And how much consumers are, are willing to, to, to spend after two years of, of lockdown is, is going to be a big exciting factor. Mm, mm. Laura, just bringing it back to you, that's a really good point that just made there, Alex made there, about familiarity and comfort. A friend of mine could have gone anywhere recently, but he actually came to Singapore because he said, and he'd been here before, but post-pandemic, he wants to go to a place that he knows is safe, he's not going to have any problems with airlines, there's not going to be much chance of him being quarantined or anything like that. Is this idea of safety, security still an element in people's travel decisions or are we moving past that? I think the longer countries have been open, the more we're seeing people getting past it. But certainly it's becoming less relevant, I guess, in kind of Europe, the US, but certainly in the region and with the Chinese travellers coming. Um, health, safety, cleanliness uh, is top of mind for sure. And we can see that in our property searches, um, when the people, what they're looking for and properties displaying their their health and safety factors. So I think it's it remains top of mind for people who are in their maybe first, second or third trip and then people are getting more comfortable. Yeah, it makes sense. Great topic. Thanks for uh, coming on to both of you. This this research is interesting, and uh, we all know that it's a moving uh, chess game, a 3D chess game here with the travel industry at the moment. Uh, so thanks to Laura Holdsworth, Managing Director, APAC for Booking.com, and Alex Holmes, Senior Economist, Oxford Economics. Thanks to, for, to you both for coming on today. Thank, Thank you. you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.